0: Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now.
1: Glee! Aggressive! Aggressive. Is excited to partner with Nettles &
2: Paint. Looking for a unique gift or piece to add to your home? Nettles & Paint specializes in handmade home decor and divination tools, from posters to custom pieces, Nettles & Paint has everything for everyday spooky
3: babes. They're also the exclusive home of the popular indie tarot deck, the RJC Tarot, featuring original digital collage in honor of the artist's college best friend. And now, Nettles & Paint is offering Glee Aggressive fans a special 10% off your first order with the code GLEEK. Visit NettlesAndPaint.store to start shopping with code GLEEK.
2: It's a Dapper Devil production, see? all right hello everyone and welcome to another episode of glee Glee. aggressive Aggressive. my name is karina
3: stokes my name is ian brodsky and today nothing has gone wrong nothing at all it is not at all (laughs) a half hour after our already arguably early start time and everything is perfect and nothing hurts
2: yep um, I just want to say that when I was uh, scheduling this, someone in this call said we could probably start at 8:30 if you wanted to, like a fucking maniac. <laughs> and it wasn't you, and it wasn't me. I did so... say it would
0: be a good idea. I said that we could, that it was, it was a possibility. The
2: fact that you would be willing to wake up at God's hour of 8.30 in the morning and immediately discuss Glee is a, a cursed, cursed fact.
0: I wake up at 8.30 in the morning every day, ready to go on some kind of tirade or another. It might as well be this.
3: We haven't even mentioned welcome back, <laughs> returning champion, the internet's own rascal.
0: <laughs> yeah! I'm here for chaos once again.
3: Oh. At in the morning.
0: 10.30 in the morning.
2: We've brought you here, um, appropriately, because we're discussing season three, episode
0: three, and it sure is entitled Asian F. <laughs> Can I tell the story of how you introduced this episode to me way back in the day? Yes, but first let me
2: tell everyone that it originally aired on October 4th of 2011, that after Ian's birthday. Yes. <laughs> uh,
0: 2011. Okay. Uh, so, <clears throat> when this fo- this podcast first began, um... Karina sent me messages saying I'm probably going to want to have you on for a couple of episodes and I said that's great and she said the episodes are uh, Throwdown Audition and Asian F and I said Asian F what did somebody get a B plus heyo <laughs> and then I just Karina wasn't responding. She wasn't typing anything. <laughs> there was just like a long moment of silence. And so I went, "Hang on, is that actually what happens?" And she replied, "It was an A minus." <laughs> 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 so that was my introduction to the concept of this episode. <laughs> and see like here's the thing though, it means like
2: they didn't they they were right, I guess, in like like figuring yeah. out what they, the joke is.
0: Yes, definitely. There I have a lot to say about it, but it was a sort of it was one of those moments where I went, Oh oh dear. <laughs> <laughs> um,
2: well, to get it out, I did check and this episode is just fully written by Ian Brennan, uh our our favorite white man. So I was yeah. like, Oh, maybe this is cause this is the writer's room season, maybe there was some like outside influence.
3: No, I feel like that makes sense because I had the thought, and I only watched this this morning. I woke up, I half woke up at like 8 o'clock when, oh, I gotta watch an episode of Glee, rolled out of bed, ordered my breakfast, which was late, and then watched this episode and thought, am I that tired or is this that lazy? Mm. And now it kind of makes sense because I could totally see Ian Brennan just being like, whatever, we have other writers to help us out, like just a. I don't know. Uh, Asian F, Mercedes versus Rachel, Kurt versus Brittany. Uh, go! Yeah, I'm like, here we are.
0: It was. It, it's definitely a lazy premise. It's a lazy uh, concept. But I do wonder if he didn't bring in an Asian consultant for some of it because there are some bits as we get later into the episode that I went, oh holy shit. Um, so, and I mean, some of it is very universal, um, but the The core of it is Ian Brennan made a joke that he doesn't get to make. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so Even if mm-hmm. it's a joke
2: that turned out to be, to have landed, it's um, still not his. It's not his funny
0: bit. when I do it.
2: <laughs> yeah! Right. If you had written this episode. It would have been great. And it probably had a different. lot less weird things in it. Because so if let's...
3: you haven't guessed by now, and if you haven't heard our prior episodes, Rascal is in fact... Of the Asian descent.
0: Yes. yes, I am an official Asian. Yeah, that's why we got you here. She's
3: showing us her card right now. It's I wild. am.
0: I am. It's embossed. <laughs>
1: yeah. Oh, don't emboss um.
2: him.
3: Um. So uh, my first note is just oh no, but my second <laughs> note is uh, recap. Stop saying niada. I know that it's like for the like for the amda equivalent, but just the word niada is just. oh
2: ian if you're tired of hearing the word Niata,
3: you uh i know i am you better get
0: ready i also this is the first uh this is the first time that i am recording with having only seen this episode and not the prior episodes in the season Mm -hmm. um i was like it's episode three can't have missed that much in episodes one and two that's false i have no idea what's going on (laughs) so nyata is the musical theater college that kurt and rachel
2: want to get into And they realized that, um, they have no extracurriculars except for Glee, and they probably won't get into this college without any other credits, because the Gerber baby threatened them in a mashup.
3: Literally. Literally, someone who said, do you recognize me? I was the- I'm the Gerber baby.
0: Oh my god. (laughs) That's incredible. That's- that's incredible writing. I'm gonna- I take it all back. Glee, excellent job. A threatening Gerber baby is <laughs> crucial. They're
2: actually picking the new Gerber baby right now, so that could be anyone. oh
3: if you know <laughs> a baby, Lindsay Pierce is quaking. <laughs> yeah, um,
2: know a baby. Send him into Gerber.
3: We then open on Mercedes is late and sick and doesn't have time to eat healthy for this booty camp. Uh, glee so,
2: so here's the thing whatever. about booty camp which i hate that we have to continue we, talking about it I first hate of all that we have
3: to keep saying that word
2: tina's in it tina was not told she had to go to booty camp in the prior episode she's just right. there who knows why right. also Probably santana santana got kicked out of glee club two episodes ago in the premiere yes. it was a big deal she got fully will kicked her out and in this episode
0: a one-line throwaway that she's like no i'm back hello
2: literally that is
0: lazy I was, I was gonna say, is that just, was she, like, kind of trying to defect over to Sue, or what? So she got fully kicked out, and She got kicked out for
2: lighting a piano on fire, because Sue told her to. So, she was, (laughs) Will was like, you are not allowed to be back in Glee Club until you can show where your loyalties lie. And she has not done any of that. She's just back now, because I guess they wanted to have her around. convenience For some musical numbers later in the episode. And
3: Will is just all of a sudden an asshole, because sectionals are already coming up. He's a real dick to Mercedes. Like, kind of like what you were saying in the last episode, Karina. No one is just like, hey Mercedes, is everything okay?
2: Will has decided to become the absolute
0: biggest dickwad in this episode. He's, He's a I did cartoon think villain. It was wild that he was basically taking Santana's side in that fun bullying scene, where... Santana arrives and uh, starts being a jerk to Mercedes and Will is like, "Yeah, she's right. Sir, you're 30." It's like, <laughs> "You're 30."
2: It's like Will was like, "How do you teach people dance?" And he turned on an episode of Dance Moms and was like, "I understand child abuse." And so that's his <laughs> only metric is to be Abby right. Miller, but that's it does the only not
0: thing that he knows.
3: Because look how good that Maddie girl turned out.
2: Jojo UI yeah. is thriving though.
0: I also is. is this another thing that I have missed? Like, is from everything that was going on in the episode? Admittedly, this is another episode which I watched twice. The first time I was playing Hades while I watched yeah. it, so, oh, so. I, it's only the second You're time consistent. That You're I consistent. Have, I watched all three of them while I was playing Hades, and admittedly, I have spent many hours playing Hades. Um, it like everything that Mercedes displays in this episode made me think she was pregnant. Um yeah. you are not
2: the only one who thought that. There was a lot of fear of that amongst like critics and reviewers um when this episode first came out. There's been no mention Which, of that.
0: Okay. Which if if
3: the if this were a different show, better writers, what have you, that could have been like something. But no, this is really just in the interest of Amber Riley auditioning for Dream Girls. Yeah.
2: I mean they had down a- the line. There's a grounds for a Mercedes pregnant thing, and it could even yeah. be because like she was dating Sam through the summer, I believe, and now yeah. she, has, and a now she has a new boyfriend. So you could have a plot about like you could, oh, but baby, be is same, it what but... Right? Yeah, it'd be the same even, yeah. plot as season one. I guess you could throw in the fact that Sam was white, so you could have some fun like interracial
0: relations there. That's what everyone comes to Glee for. <laughs> definitely sure we would handle that with tact and grace
3: <laughs> yeah it's you see no problems there
2: it's both like this episode we're both i can't tell whose side we're supposed to be on right like mm-hmm. oh is mercedes being lazy and dramatic and not pulling her weight in booty camp or is will being a big old dickbag she... bag to a student yeah. by bullying her about dancing something that she's not required to do
0: yeah like the fact that she is being pushed into I'm not gonna say it she's being pushed into this dance uh, this dense horse shit mm-hmm. on its own was like confusing for me but the fact that Will is taking this as an opportunity to say I'm gonna push you and instead of being like I've known you for two years what's going on Right, right we all knew that Will wasn't a gold star teacher to begin with but this is kind of a new low I have always
2: found this Mercedes plot just like very weird. It feels like it's very out of left field that suddenly she's maybe entitled and maybe but also yeah. also suddenly that Will is like it's like I need to push her like which is not yeah, something it's, not the reason part of for that? his MO ever. It's just confusing and weird. It's true.
0: And I think It's she truly he- be entitled. Hmm. Yeah, Like, that's it's... the thing, is she is, <clears throat> over the course of the episode, she starts to be like, oh, I deserve more. And the show seems to frame it as she's turned full diva, but that's doing her a disservice. Especially because in this first scene, she's, she's showing up and she's trying, but she also says, hey, you've got us scheduled every single minute of every day, and right, I'm a right. high school student. Um, and Will takes it as immediately as her not being dedicated.
2: Also, we had Mercedes goes full diva
0: last season. Like, yeah, she yeah. goes they full were... diva every season because yeah. they need some drama with Rachel. Like, And it's like the only Kennedy thought they plot. know how to write for her is like, what if
2: we put the word diva Amber in the Amber Riley threw a tantrum again. Yeah, and that's yeah. like literally it. Um,
3: oh. And then on the Will front, all I could think was like, he truly spun Artie's nice guy wheel and ended up on bad guy today and just kind of went with it.
2: I can't believe... So... Will finds that Emma has bridal magazines, which, first of all, this woman has planned, has been married, like planned and been married tw- like twice, basically, because she's yeah. already planned a full wedding, so it makes perfect sense that she would have bridal magazines. And then she eloped, and maybe they were going go to do another party afterwards. Whatever, the lady, ha- and also, like, show me a a woman who doesn't hasn't made her Pinterest wedding board, like when they had when she hasn't even been dating anyone. It's not that I crazy mean, I of a concept.
0: But... I know.
3: <laughs> Founder.
0: I, I know I have, this is about you, but I have one Pinterest board for D and D characters, that. So it's basically the same thing. Yeah, like <laughs> she's she's right. Like it's she has more reasons than any other woman in the show to have that many bridal magazines because the woman cannot stop getting married. And then yeah. Will's almost response, getting married. Will's response is here. Let me show you a box of porn. That was the thing.
3: Yo. Yes. Also, as soon as he
0: pulled it out, he was like, "Here's my in, here's my enormous box full." Okay, for one thing, it's 2011. Use the internet. For real, really? you don't need to have a physical box full of porn. For another thing, why do you need that many? Also, also
3: why is it in a container store woven I, bin? Like his, I truly saw
0: His, that his and wife was used like, to work. I at sold that things.
3: in 2011. You could have sold Schuster
0: his, pol- his porn box. It was oh, left behind by Terry. A boy's
3: dream come true.
0: That was definitely like a sheets and things cast off. Oh my God! Yeah. Yes. And the and like
3: absolutely.
0: You know what, Will? Even if you're dating someone,
2: it's not great to be like, surprise, it's porn. <laughs> Especially somebody that you know
0: has a lot of hangups around sex. He's just like, oh yeah, you showed me your. Uh, this is your stash of bridal magazines. I'm gonna show oh. you something that is the equivalent. It's not the equivalent. Also, that's like, it's not, not the equivalent. equivalent of bridal magazines. And that's, like,
3: a half a step away from being like, you know, we should check these out sometime. Like, maybe get an idea of what's going on. That's oh
2: kind of what God. I thought it was, because Will has been desperately trying to get Emma to put out. And maybe he's like, maybe if I show her some sexy, sexy porn, it will help. But assuming that <laughs> Not both...
3: sexy, sexy.
2: And assuming that both will and emma are just fully straight Sh- will showing emma your straight man porn is not going to do much
0: necessarily <laughs> right. to help your case about wanting to be intimate with her and emma immediately just sort of puts it aside like okay
1: <laughs> not, yeah you
0: you have once again no, misread you... the situation
1: will this,
2: this is will
0: sucks we know this will but sucks. he does and this couple seems very bad at communication yes yeah this is also the and scene where he's first like, why haven't I met your parents? Which, has that also right. come up before? Has he ever wanted to meet her parents before, or is this just, like, the first time? No. Thing? Okay.
2: But I could <laughs> give that as, like, a passage of time growing relationship.
0: Yeah, I'm, I wouldn't, I, it's not something I necessarily expected. I was mostly just wondering if I no. had missed something earlier.
2: So, we should all yeah. note here that Emma's response to, um, why haven't I met your parents is to say that they're dead. So... That should give you a baseline about how Emma feels about this idea. (laughs) Keep that in mind.
0: And I did laugh a lot when Will said, you spoke to them on the phone last week, and Emma said, yep, ghosts. I have ghost parents. (laughs)
3: Like That was good. Good for you, Emma.
0: (laughs) You just, you commit to the bit.
3: Yeah. Um, And Emma wants to take things slowly. Will just respect that, please, but no. And we will circle back to that. Instead, we have to talk to Mr. Mike Chang Sr.
2: Okay, real quick question. <laughs> Is it common in families and Asian households to do the junior-senior naming tradition?
0: Not to my knowledge.
2: I, it feels I... just so Southern American that I was like, this feels lazy, and that they couldn't think yeah. of another name.
0: But... It's certainly not something that I have looked into significantly, but... Um. It did, well, I wonder, specifically, specifically, I wonder, because Mike Chang Sr.'s history, like, personal history, was uh, something, something that I was nosy about. Um, mm-hmm. And part of the reason for this is because of the Chinese Exclusion Act. So, <laughs> um, early what on, like, one of the first things that he says in the scene is, my grandmother in China knew three English phrases, uh, and I forget what the first two were, but the third was Harvard University. One of them was Coca-Cola. I don't remember what the second one was, though.
3: Oh, it was something like it was like something like a "get out of here" kind of. Yeah.
0: Thing. Oh, it was eat my grits. Um, ah. Or eat kiss my grits. my grits rather. So. Kiss my grits. Um, eat my grits would be a really a really normal <laughs> thing to say. Um, so, uh, so his grandmother. Um, if Mike, Ch- the actor playing Mike Chang was born, or Mike Chang Sr. was born in 1969. So he said his grandmother in China. Yeah. So, which I think would imply that he knew her. Um, so that would mean that, uh, he was born in China. Mm-hmm. or lived in China for some for some period of time. Um, the Chinese Exclusion Act was officially repealed in 1943, but wide-scale Chinese immigration didn't actually begin until um, 1965 when the Immigration and Nationality Act was passed. Um, and between then, there was some sort of provision where only 105 Chinese people per year could legally immigrate. Um, Now, there were other Chinese immigrants that got around the Exclusion Act, and there were also um, people of Chinese descent who were here from before the Exclusion Act. But since Mike Chang Sr. spoke about his grandmother specifically, it implies that he was an immigrant from after the Chinese Exclusion Act. So I have to wonder, is Mike Chang, Mm -hmm. is his name Mike Or did he choose an American name? Which was not super uncommon. Right. Um, uh, Pretty much all of my relatives post World War II chose English names, um, which is slightly different for Japanese or Okinawan people because post World War II, you really didn't want to. uh, There's some pretty
2: valid reasons for. Yeah, there was a lot of pressure
0: to assimilate, but it's also a very common immigrant practice to uh come to the u.s learn english immediately and choose an american name Mm -hmm. so you are not like you know you're you're assimilating and you are an american person so i do wonder if it isn't slightly more common for as a part of that sort of i guess either as a part of the assimilation uh, like the leaning heavily on assimilation and almost as a like if you're starting I, I guess there there could be a mentality of like starting a new legacy and so you have your son named the same or if it could just be like something that the something that Mike Chang Sr. specifically like wanted for his son because this name started to mean something for him uh, this is all insane wild speculation it does not matter <laughs> we did not need to do this but It is it is something that I clocked and I was like, it's I I always think that having two people named the same thing in a family is gonna be really confusing, so I can't I can't (laughs) see why it would happen. But no, I don't think it's a common practice, but I do wonder if given the timing and the circumstances of Mike Chang Senior's immigration, assuming that he was that he did immigrate and he was not the child of immigrants, which is also a possibility um, that it was not something that was specifically meaningful to him this is giving glee a lot of credit yeah <laughs> that's true but there are like there are indications elsewhere in the episode that it's like maybe Possible. they spoke to an asian person yes. <laughs> in the writing right. of this episode
3: they had one consultant uh, who had a dramaturg that day
0: they did anyway the scene just so, started and i've already given a lecture too. about the chinese exclusion act um welcome to history class
2: um, on Glee. Um, yeah. Anyway, Mike Chang Senior is, uh, as you can expect, disappointed in his son because of the aforementioned Asian F, which is of course an A minus in chemistry. Um, mm-hmm. He specifically blames Glee Club, which he says would be uh, a demerit on his transcript, which cannot be true. <laughs> um,
3: I mean, in the world, like in the world of this play, as it were, in theatrical terms that apparently is true so like i gave that a pass just because apparently now like glee club is just like social suicide universally in this universe yeah
0: it felt like a funny a a funny thing to say
2: vocal adrenaline people probably like uh jesse st james who has the brain of two rocks rubbing together got into ucla (laughs) on the
0: back of vocal adrenaline but but that was on the back of vocal adrenaline but mike chang jr is supposed to be an engineer Right, Or a doctor or a lawyer. Um, as well, um, he thinks that
2: Tina is a bad influence and Mike needs to break up with her immediately. Because
1: right. she
0: yeah. is not. She which is, Figgins agrees with because of Tina's vampirism. Which, and right. Then they do a flashback in which Tina says a really racist thing. So Yeah, they, yeah. it's Glee being like, see, everyone can be racist in Glee. She, she references Figgins' spicy curry blood. Um, yeah. So, yuck. Yeah, um, great. All around. So, I'm going to talk about the Asian F thing. Okay. Um, Floor is yours. It is a joke that I did also make. <laughs> <laughs> so, the thing that bothers me about this is primarily the overarching sort of racism but also more specifically the fact that outside of this context this is a really good plot line mm-hmm. this whole episode I was like this rules this story is great Um, but they couch it in this term of this is because they're Asian so the concept of strict Asian parents requiring good grades is A, by no means universal, which is good for me because I would have killed my mom if she had expected me to get straight A's, yikes, Um, (laughs) but B, it is rooted, it's grounded in some specific truths which are specific to Asian, not, not specific to Asian people, but like specifically Asian communities are going to have the context to make this joke. And that does come back to the Chinese Exclusion Act, not just the Chinese Exclusion Act, but other uh, acts down the line, which did not specifically exclude Chinese people, but all people from Asia immigrating. Those acts were repealed, I think, mostly around the same time. Uh, And so there was a basically a wave of Asian immigration that happened pretty much all at once to the point that a lot of children of immigrants were around our age at that time. So it would be like a lot of first-generation families who came to the U.S. looking for better opportunities, looking for more, like giving giving their kids these opportunities. But when you immigrate, it comes with a lot of as you can imagine, stresses. Uh, You've left your entire family and culture behind. You have, in many cases, uh, moved to a place where you do not speak the language. Um, And they did this in order to give their families as many opportunities as possible. This also changes the perception of cultural values. It means more to hold on to your traditions and your fundamental uh, social beliefs in a country where they are not represented. So what you end up with is what by American perceptions is an unnecessary level of strictness and tradition. But for these families is very grounded in the sort of fundamental realities of their family history. So when Asian kids complain to each other about having Asian parents and even though my my mom is the child of children of immigrants and she like she was in uh, the Mike Chang's position and she is, um, you know, she's she wasn't expecting me to get straight A's. She still has some of that, like she is still recognizable <laughs> as fundamentally an Asian parent. And there are a lot of sort of consistent elements um, that have just been born of this immigrant culture. So Asian kids will complain to each other all the time about, oh, Asian parents, and oh, no, I, I got a bad grade, my Asian parents will murder me. But all of those jokes are grounded in the reality of this experience. Um, there are a lot of, so, like, there are a lot of consistencies and there's a lot of reasons why those are consistent across these different families. The way that Glee has presented it here is mike chang senior looks principal figgins in the eye and says an a minus is an asian f this implies that the the concept of an asian f is universal and real it implies that this is not just a joke that asian kids make to one another this is something that asian parents believe of themselves and not only Mm -hmm. believe of themselves but require as some kind of cultural value it completely misrepresents the entire history behind why asian immigrant parents are frequently so strict and so focused on grades and it also implies that this is a real thing and it's not just something that asian kids say to one another. So I I wish so badly that this plotline was not couched in that in that sort of framework of what is basically a white man completely misrepresenting an asian experience and taking it at face value that asian people are just like this. It sours the whole thing. And it's also incomprehensible. Why would a, Why would any parent do that? And it would be one thing if it was a completely satirical show, but it's not. It's not and also, you're a white man. Yeah. Also, mm-hmm. as as an aside, um, he says that to Principal Figgins, who is Asian, so <laughs> yeah. acting like you have to explain what being Asian is to another Asian man, I hate, especially because Southeast Asians are often, like, separated from East Asians by colorism. And so it's just the whole thing leaves a bad taste in my mouth. But that's really all I have to say about this plot line. Like, I I feel like I nitpick at a lot of things where it seems like Glee tried to do one thing and Mm -hmm. then they instead did the opposite because of their unconscious bias. And that's very fun. But in this case, the plot is good. This is a good storyline. Yeah. This one thing keeps on coming up, but like that's, it's it's gonna be the same every time. This is a really good story, it is, and I think it's really relatable to a lot of kids that uh, your parents want something for you and it's you not my dream, but it's not... yours. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like,
2: I believe that's also the plot of the Little Mermaid. So,
1: <laughs> mm-hmm. it's well, I would universal. also yeah. <laughs>
0: love to see Harry Shum Jr. playing the Little Mermaid. Yes. Frankly, yes. incredible.
2: Although. Harry Shum Jr. would also be a great Prince Eric.
3: He would That's be, true. and he would make that character not a complete dumbass oh too, my Harry God. Shum feel Ju- like no, is important. No, no,
2: no, no. Harry Shum Jr. playing the Prince Eric from the seminal classic Ariel, Ariel Needs Legs. legs.
0: <laughs> okay, there it is. That's the one. We'll <laughs> Harry Shum I will Jr. pay Harry... money to Neil commission Ariel Needs Legs.
2: Ariel Shum- Sorry, Shum Jr. Harry Shum Jr. <laughs> working on his medley of all the Pokemon theme
0: songs.
3: <laughs> yes. <laughs>
0: i would love it. Okay. i feel like he could play him both just oh absolutely absolutely he would be phenomenal oh my, God, yes. my last note here is it's as always it's deeply disappointing that glee seems unable to tell any stories about their asian characters without pointing and saying look asians yes yes
3: Because this could have been the A A plot line, but it feels like it was so undercut by them trying to give equal real estate to, like, three half-baked plot lines. Yeah.
2: I feel like they really couldn't decide if Mercedes and Rachel or Mike Chang was the A plot. Will seems pretty solidly in a B plot standard, I wish, but I wish he was even further down.
0: I wish that plot hadn't happened.
2: Yeah, I wish he was in the no plot, but... Yeah. There you go. Um... So, yes, Mike Chang vows to do better. He's going to pay for a chemistry tutor. Also, imagine being a tutor and a student walks in and is like, I got an A- minus on this test. I need a tutor. I'd be like, sir, you appear to be better at chemistry than I do. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Beast broke her foot because Ace of Cakes was canceled and she's right. I have to wonder. I didn't
3: get that one at first, but now that you said it, I'm like, okay, that was a TV show, right? Ace of Cakes
2: was on Food Network. It was... Uh, the star vehicle of Duff Goldman, I believe, was his name, who he was from Baltimore, which is a big deal. And he was like the pioneer of like those crazy fondant cover cakes, making cakes that look like things. He was known for big mm. show stopping cakes. He did them at a. And he had so this. It was
0: his fault.
2: And he had this quirky crew of bakers that worked with him, and they had tattoos, and they were like, We're not your regular bakers. We're cool bakers. Um, I remember that. And it was fantastic. 10 out of 10, everyone should watch Ace of Cakes. It was a great show.
3: Is it streaming anywhere?
0: Yeah, Discovery Plus. Eh,
3: fine. I do
0: wonder if some of Beast's role here was intended for Sue initially. Mm. Because that's mm. not the first, or it's not the last unhinged thing that Beast will say this episode. Right. Yeah
3: they had a sue plot line but had to cut it because jane lynch wasn't available Sue's because in, we don't see her in the we do
0: she's in one shot or like she's a, like there's two shots with her yeah but it and so it seems like they they had initially planned for her to be in it and then and then didn't yeah. i
3: i absolutely missed that i yeah. cannot recall. she doesn't
0: have any lines she doesn't speak she's just in the background. sure
2: sometimes Vibes. some of the better episodes are ones that don't have sue in them Yeah, they don't
0: seem to know how to use her. She's by far, I think, the best... uh, I won't say the best character, because they they don't know how to use her. They don't know how to use her
2: anymore, because she started out so strong, so now they're just like everyone loves Sue, and they put her in, and it doesn't work as much anymore. And it doesn't work. But Jane Jane Lynch Lynch still delivers. Yeah.
3: Yeah, Jane Lynch is too good for this world. She is. Both, like, World proper and like the world of the Glee. Now all the football players are going to be dancing in West Side Story. But they do
1: have
2: to audition, apparently. It was unclear. Yeah,
0: and also, what does this does this have any bearing? Like all of the football players at the end of the scene look at Mike like you're going to teach us how to dance, and then he does really doesn't. Like we never see that. No. Also there's a really hot guy in center frame is that a new character and he just didn't have any lines or was that an extra that's
2: just an extra i'm pretty sure he might come up He's... to dance later i don't i don't recall
0: oh God. i spin off about the hot guy
2: he was hot <laughs> yeah
0: oh you want to yeah spin what off else do we need
2: <laughs> i thought you were about to go off i was like yes please tell us more about no. the hot guy no,
0: no it's just just i want, i just want to spin off of the hot guy i don't know what he, he could just sit there i'd be like okay <laughs> He's he's cool, like lo-fi beats,
2: but, but yeah. with a hot <laughs> Lo-fi beats. <laughs> I was beats like, this guy is guy. way
0: too attractive, and he's in center frame. He's got to be a character. Yeah, Never showed up again.
3: <laughs> you would think, again, camera angles mean something. Like, <laughs> figure it out.
0: Maybe they, um,
3: the camera
2: operator was like, damn, this guy's hot. Put him right in the middle.
3: Totally. Or Ryan Murphy was. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. My biggest problem with this, and of course I'm... T- I know suspending disbelief or fucking whatever, but like, you don't prepare a dance for an audition typically.
2: They tell you if you're
3: auditioning for a musical, in any pretty much any context, you are being taught a dance because it's not about like how great do you dance as much as it is like, how do you pick up choreography? How do you move? How do you learn a dance? Right, but like this seemed to sound like okay, all of you go home pick out a song, make up choreography to it, have it prepared like at a show performance level for this week so you can audition for West Side Story because it's important that football players take ballet.
2: Um, although I would say in this context, which is a high school that's never successfully run a musical before, being run by the football coach, the school counselor, and Artie, they probably don't actually know how audition processes work, which actually shows Fair. later in this episode. Fair. Yeah, yes, They need as
0: much help as they can get.
3: We I, don't, we... I don't know why I just wrote, now we have to care about the football players?
2: Yeah, I
0: guess. We do. We don't. I wrote, do people still say Booyah?
2: <laughs> if they don't, they, sh- they should now. <laughs> we should bring Booyah <laughs> back. We go to the cafeteria. Um, We get to officially learn the name of Mercedes' large black boyfriend. Um, which yes, is with a mustache. A terrible mustache. His name is Shane. Um... So far, his only job seems to be encourage Mercedes and also be black. And he's succeeding in both, certainly. Sure. Also, Mercedes mentions that she's, like, he's like, you're a star and you're perfect and everyone should respect you. And she says, like, I've been here three years and no one's ever said that to me. Mercedes is a senior.
0: (laughs) Um, Oh my god. I mean, she probably means in Glee Club. That's fair, too.
2: Right? Right. that's true I it was like is, did she uh, transfer or did they not understand time yeah it, it makes sense of, they were probably talking uh, about Glee Club
1: yeah
0: it's, a, it's an odd phrasing to be sure
2: cause uh, her boyfriend's like you can't be friends with Rachel she's your enemy and I'm like oh no we've already Not
0: this again. yeah not this again but also
3: I just hate like and this is kind of like harkening back all the way to the beginning but like I feel like and maybe I'm just like uh, like Coming from like a twenty twenty two white boy perspective, like I feel like you have to really be careful on how you're gonna criticize Mercedes because it can very easily just come off as let's call the black girl lazy. Yeah. And that's kind of what like
0: all of that yes in this episode.
3: That's kind of the overhanging like air of this on her. She's lazy and and she
2: has too much attitude and that's like the major critique she gets from Will.
0: A few weeks ago, I said to Karina, it's weird because the plotline called Asian F is the least racist plotline in this episode. Yeah. Um, but yeah. with Mercedes, they don't ever put that label on it. It's supposed to be an interpersonal conflict, but this is inextricable from race. Yeah. And it's already mm-hmm. started where, like, her, she is being put into a specific box. And then when they can no longer put her in there, they quickly shunt her into a different one of like, she Mm -hmm. is, they keep on putting her in the background, but now that she is starting to stand up for herself, regardless of whether or not she does it with drama, like a diva, like a 17 year old girl. Yeah. She is immediately put into lazy, angry black woman. Yeah. Yeah. So like this is, it's just the start of it um and the fact that in this conversation she says that nobody has ever told her that she is uh you know she's worthy of these leading roles is just like another it's an indication of everything that we've seen for the past 2 years mm-hmm. she has been constantly trying to put herself out there but she keeps on getting placed right back into her sideline box
3: and the race thing aside like this is clearly a Will problem, because in the last episode it was Quinn, yeah. in this episode it's Mercedes. It's like, Will, maybe you just need to be a better person. Will's
2: really into yelling at his students these days. Maybe it's because yeah. Emma's not putting out, and that's really so it's her <laughs> fault, obviously. Um, yes. That
3: is the women only- women do be withholding right. or whatever. He
0: has that whole box, though. He should be able to get at least some relief. Exactly. (laughs) He just opens the box and right into there.
3: Disgusting. Um, Oh God.
0: It's
2: also like interesting to think about how Mercedes, the whole conversation about casting Mercedes would be like the unconventional and the the more like I forget what word they use, like the more out there choice, the riskier
0: choice. Is also tied to the fact
2: that she's black because that's not what you would typically think of for a Maria. You yeah, wouldn't right. also typically think of
0: a Jewish woman, but you know, yeah, you definitely wouldn't typically think wouldn't typically think of either of them for the casting of Maria yeah. of West so, Story, but I between the two of them, definitely rather cast Mercedes. Yes,
3: and well, here's the thing, and this leads us into the like the first number of the episode. Yes. I think, and like, just like this is not what I condone at all, or by anything. Like, I think give Rachel Maria, but give. Mercedes Anita so she can steal the whole fucking show because Anita is arguably the better role Anita
2: always steals the whole show yeah, Anita is always
3: the better role like Mercedes would absolutely murder America a boy like that the whole arc like Mercedes would kill it
0: Yeah that's that's definitely fair But um, you know they can't give Anita but, to Mercedes
2: cuz they have Santana
3: Cuz they have Santana which also like just like great like good casting sure but like imagine mercedes in that role
2: mm-hmm. yeah
3: so we do have mercedes audition number
2: what is she seeing? i have what song is
3: this spotlight by jennifer hudson okay I've
0: never i have no it. notes perfect performance from Ever riley
3: they couldn't name jennifer hudson in the prior scene because they were talking about dream girls they mentioned beyonce yeah. not dina and then they mentioned effie not jennifer yeah. hudson and then they give her a jennifer hudson song yeah fine yeah. meanwhile Brittany and tina who started out by like backing her up in the glee yes. club setting don't even get a costume change but mercedes gets a full glow up yes. gown and everything yeah she
0: had like a full gown like a prom dress yeah, in was, the back yeah. and she just put it on and she looked amazing and she sounded amazing yes of course she did mm-hmm. like uh i i I don't know the song. I think that the the context around the costuming and everything and like they, the way that it was sung at Rachel because once again this is the two of them butting heads was like uh, exhausting but perfect number. I could not no figure notes. out for the life
2: of me for a while who she was singing it to cuz at first I was like cuz she had just comes off of talking to her boyfriend so I'm like she's singing it to him? That seems weird based on the lyrics. I'm like wait, is she singing it to Will? And then I'm like, yeah. oh, she's going yeah. to to Rachel, okay. Um, also, I don't think you're allowed to bring backup singers to an audition. Uh, this I feel like, I'm like this that's is a, not again,
3: okay. Like we talked about last episode, terrible audition song for Maria. Yes. Yeah. This is not a Maria audition song. It's a great
0: Mercedes Let song. Let Brad rest. I know. Yeah, fantastic Mercedes song, though. Um, so yes.
2: she kills it, and everyone's very impressed. It seems like she's really come into her own, and look at all this confidence which she's had many times before, but I guess we're ignoring that.
3: Right. And today, Rose today she has exist.
2: more confidence than she's ever had before.
3: Cut to the hallway where apparently now we learn that Mike Chang has been working on his voice. Good for mm-hmm. him. Now he can sing. Um, Tina is there already knowing that, like, an A- means an Asian right. F, like you were saying, that Rascal. That
0: dialogue I actually loved. The- well, okay. The rest <laughs> of the dialogue- felt really stilted and unnatural. Yeah. Where Tina runs up and says, so you have been working on your singing for weeks and now you are simply stopping. And I'm like, nobody talks like right. that. But when mm-hmm. Mike said, I got an a minus and Tina said, you got an Asian F. I was like, yeah, that feels, that's that feels authentic. Right. That's how it should right. work. And if they had not had Mike Chang senior say it and just had Tina say it, it still could have been the title of the episode. And it would have felt mm-hmm. real. Yeah. Cause yeah. that's what Asian kids say to each other all the time. Like, That's something that they these two characters have definitely bonded over is like these shared Asian experiences, and so although with a slight question mark because Tina is adopted, we don't know. It's never here's the thing. It's never explicitly stated. Um,
2: Also, can you believe that Mike Chang gets to have two parents and uh, Tina gets to have none? Zero. Jesus
3: Christ. We learn so much more about Mike Chang's family than we will in, literally ever learn character. about Tina's family.
2: Oh, Justice, God. For, Justice Tina. for Tina. Jenna Ushkowitz is adopted and brought an adopted Tina plotline to Ryan Murphy, but it never went anywhere. So maybe we can yeah. headcanon okay. that she's adopted, but we, we can't say she, for sure. She
0: deserves, she deserves a full plotline and parents. But she's already, awesome
3: anyway. I'm really hoping for that this episode, but... Oh.
2: The only thing that yeah. and then she's like you can't give up your dreams you you want you got to be true to yourself and Mike's only comeback is able to be like but you faked a stutter for a while and I'm like ah <laughs> oh, yes the only plot Tina's ever had so yeah. it's the only, only the only, thing only plot she's ever had
0: and also something she stopped so she would know Mike Yeah
3: right also like Plot that was the first 10 episodes of the first right, season. Right, literally, yeah.
2: she's had nothing to do since then, so that is the only poll he can have because there's nothing else right. to say about Tina's character.
3: Oh, God. Poor Jen Oshkowitz. I know. We pan over to Kurt, who is ahead in the polls by 11%. Um,. Who says Kurt looks like Jimmy Kimmel's butch daughter? Was that Santana?
2: Santana. It's Jimmy Fallon's butch daughter,
0: and I laughed really hard. That also felt like it it was was supposed to have come from Sue, but Santana worked equally well. Yeah. It was extremely funny.
3: Um, (laughs) Right. And then we have Brittany, who is the girl power candidate.
2: Kurt and Rachel don't know how to pass out buttons, first of all. They're just holding these little boxes, like, little buckets of buttons, and, like, they just... And they
0: pass each one with two hands. Yes!
2: Yes! You don't need two hands for a button. And they don't know how to pass out buttons! They're doing it so inefficiently, and that's why no one's taking them, because if someone tried to hand me a button with both their hands, I'd be like, oh, I can't take this. Something's wrong in this situation. <laughs> keep this walking, keep walking,
3: keep walking. And, of course, this gives us the excuse to have a, uh, a Heather Morris-led... Beyonce number of Who Run the World Girls. girls. Um, we'll say, I I loved like the the um theatricality and like the I guess the cinematography of this number. That was awesome. How it became like part non diegetic, uh, part like pep rally, part glee club. Like, this was cool. I enjoyed this one.
0: I, I kind of wondered if it needed to be here. Um, but I liked it a lot, and I'm glad that it was there. And also, if I had watched Glee while it was airing, I would have known I was bisexual, like,
1: way, way earlier. earlier.
0: Yeah, Way earlier. Um,
2: it yeah. didn't need to be here for plot purposes. It did need to be here for selling iTunes purposes, because otherwise there would yeah. be no pop songs in, like, this whole episode, and that won't do. That's mm-hmm. true. It needed to be there for marketing and reasons, and because Heather Moore's dancing is a gift to this earth...
0: Um, yes. and get wise, like getting all of the girls in on the dancing yes. was, it was really great, but I was also kind of like, we don't need, just, just put Heather but, Morris
3: there. Yeah, <laughs> that, and also this was where I was like, what did the costumer, was the costumer on vacation or something? Because the whole thing, that, that was all over the place. Like, Cause I get like, you kind of get like almost, um, from the th- thriller perspective last season, how people get caught yes. up in that and join it. But like. This just kind of felt like, oh, well, we forgot to make um, a pep rally outfit for Quinn. So, like, here she is dancing in a sundress. Well, no, she's not on... The same way that, like, she... the same way that, like uh, Brittany and Tina didn't get a costume change in right. the earlier scene. I guess... Where it's just like, oh, well, they, they already have a costume. Just go out there and do the choreography. I guess it is supposed
2: week. to be, like, these things are just happening like it is it is yeah, the vibe these are of just getting caught up in. it wasn't planned right. necessarily or it's
0: all the girls are vibing
2: or it's flash mob right. style where you're not supposed to you're supposed to blend in to yeah. your surroundings sure. and then come out and be like surprise and
0: i think the messaging really was around like every girl starts to starts to vibe with this it's because yeah. this is the scene where sue is and we just see like a second mm-hmm. of her like dancing mm-hmm. to it
1: yeah mm-hmm. um
2: It's just people once again learning that the female demographic is a powerful force.
1: Yes.
0: So, girl power, I am bisexual. (laughs) No more notes. This was where, yeah, yeah, I guess this was where,
3: this was before my coffee kicked in, because you were saying all that, I'm like, oh yeah, you're right. Um,
2: I had to rewatch this one, because I was also, I also watched, woke up and rolled out of bed and turned on Glee, and so, I was eating a Pop-Tart during this part, and it was like, I missed part of it, so I watched it on YouTube later, and
3: no notes cut to um casting mercedes uh, mercedes our little girl is all grown up and will takes the fucking credit for I that you
2: did yeah. that nothing filled
0: me with she more hatred you
2: i was filled like, with hatred for will at this point where he's like i did a good job all my I, bullying yeah, works i
3: did that <laughs> that had big prince from ariel needs legs energy <laughs>
2: Do not besmirch the good name of Prince Eric Earl Needs no,
3: Legs. Sorry, I'm so Sorry, that's on me. I take it all back. By I take comparing back. him to Will Schuster.
2: <laughs> Prince Eric has done nothing um, wrong in his life ever. That's not true. I'm sure he's committed war crimes. But, like, on accident, guys.
3: On accident. He was just kind of that scene and happened to kill a he bunch of know. pirates.
0: Yeah. Um. I, don't, I don't necessarily trust that he has committed war crimes because I'm, I'm pretty sure that he's never done anything on purpose. <laughs> Right. He's not done anything <laughs>
3: except, on for the, except for the Pokemon theme song. Except medley. for the Pokemon
2: That's theme song. That's his life's passion. <laughs>
3: he, he, like Mike Chang, is an artist. Um, <laughs> so the whole purpose of this whole casting thing is like, we're going to have you audition again. It's called a callback. It's actually like, a very normal process, thing.
2: but they make it into a very big but... deal.
3: <laughs> But instead, they have to sing a song from Fame, which is so fucking dumb. Because again, how was this going to tell you yeah, who your Maria that's is? That's not
0: a Maria song. No,
3: that's not a Maria song. That's not a West Side Story. The purpose of the callback is to see how these characters do, or how these actors do, as the characters. Yes. Ugh. Anyway, Sad Mike Chang finds us an empty ballet studio. This. Um, And it's angry Billy Elliot dance This is my favorite
2: fucking scene, both with, like, an amount of sincerity and in hilarity. Because, first of all, Mike Chang just loves dance so much. He literally can't walk past a dance studio without going in. And then also... As soon as he goes
0: in, he starts spinning.
2: Also, Mm -hmm. it reminded me of that meme, which is just, like, imagine two wolves inside of you. And one of the wolves (laughs) loves dance, and the other one is your dad. (laughs) And you have to... Which of those wolves you're going
0: to disappoint? (laughs) No, I thought this scene was wonderful. It was beautiful. And only partially because Harry Shum Jr. walked in and looked so good and just immediately started spinning in, like, an empty musicless room. But it worked so well. It would have been worse with with music. It would have been worse with music. Like, he just... It's so clear that it's just, like, him in there with his emotions. And then when his fake dad shows up, it feels really good when all of the like his dad doesn't just say you got an asian f he says if you get hurt you're not going to have anything after this we want your priorities to be different because we want Mm -hmm. security and this is why i'm starting to feel like was there an asian consultant here or was there an immigrant consultant here or does is ian brennan also a child of immigrants like what's what's happening here because All of those reasonings felt felt really, really grounded in the experience of we are looking for security and we want what we want for you primarily is security because immigration is an inherently like disruptive thing. Mm -hmm. And it can feel like for the rest of your life, you are just trying to get that security. And then when Tina shows up, that feels really Asian American to me, this feeling of your priorities are different from your parents because like it or not, your culture is different. You Mm -hmm. have grown up in a different setting and which again, I question, I think it's possible that Mike's parents are also the children of immigrants, but they they clearly their experience is different and your priorities are different and they're not better or worse. You have different things that are important to you because your parents sacrificed a lot to give you all of these opportunities. So there's always going to be, like, you are not growing up in the same world and in the same culture that they were, and so there will always be a disconnect. So Tina's, which I have, my next note is, oh, Tina was fake too, okay. <laughs> right, so, I, had,
3: I had supportive ghost Tina.
0: Yeah, so fake Tina has a speech that is just as grounded as fake dad, and it felt really good to acknowledge the fact that Fake dad is not coming from a place of just strict Asian parenting. He's coming from a place of wanting the best for his son. And Tina wants the best for her boyfriend. And they disagree about what the best is because they are from fundamentally different cultures, different generations. And growing up is always going to mean a little bit of growing apart when you are growing up to be a person in a culture that is not your parents um mm-hmm. i loved this scene i thought it worked great i thought it was weird that when fake tina disappeared mike was hugging the air he's, did he think yeah. she was there he's a real messy Clearly. guy yeah so
2: yeah it's like i said
0: there's two Buddy. wolves
2: inside of you Same. there's two, two wolves, wolves inside you one is your girlfriend and one is your dad and both of them have valid points to make yeah yeah um we then cut back to the auditorium. Artie calls for Mike Chang to come audition. It seems like he's not coming. And then guess
0: who sprints out on stage? Uh, well, first, Artie Mike says, Chang. that kid's never late. He runs like an expensive Swiss watch reproduced cheaply in China. Yes, fuck, oh. He does say that. That's true. <laughs> Again, Yikes. that is a joke that I have made. <laughs> I <don't> have... <laughs> I've made it of myself. You're allowed. I have I have said it about myself. It's your joke, not Artie's. It's, yeah. yeah.
3: <laughs> in fact, Ryan Murphy owes you 50 cents for using that joke. He
0: yeah. owes me 50 cents and a fight in an Arby's.
3: <laughs> and he's going to collect.
0: Oh, God bless.
2: Um, And then we go into uh, the cool musical number.
0: Sorry. Oh, my God. <laughs> I know you love Sorry, Arby's. I just, I just
3: need... I know, I just... I know, I, know. I, I love, love it the so idea. Much. This is just my favorite bit that we have ever... <laughs> this and the train bit, like, are the two bits, like, thank God I'm alive just for these two things. <laughs> I've done some cool things in my life, but it's nothing compares to those nothing two bits from this fucking podcast. <laughs> oh, God. Tell um, me about
1: Mike's cool audition. So...
3: Oh, it was perfect. Yeah. Um, assume it... Well, one, assuming that he can actually sing... More or less like that. And two, assuming he can sing like that without auto tune, which I know is a a production thing, not a. Big ask um, for Glee. (laughs)
1: Yeah.
3: Right. Um, So, yeah, this this was riff. And I know in the last episode, I said, like, yeah, Kurt could be a riff. If I were the one, like, watching these auditions, I'd be like, okay, Blaine is my Tony, Mm -hmm. which, spoiler alert, he is. Yeah. But now, who do I cast? My my biggest conflicts are who do I cast for Anita and who do I cast for Riff again the better roles yeah. the roles with so much more substance um if you do them correctly um because Mike Chang doing cool like dressed the part with a whole gang of the ballet football players Which once again you were supposed to bring
2: him. other people into your audition. Right. stop doing that kid Right <laughs> and
3: and even Beast was like man you taught all my boys and okay that's some fancy Um, footwork he gave my boys
1: there yeah
3: Yeah. (laughs) she says fancy footwork and he literally and mike chain literally pulls like uh when you do what you love you never work a day in your life (laughs) okay i
2: will say though the absolute sincerity with which he says it's what i love to do it's never going to be a waste of
0: time i was like stab me in the heart yeah that was fantastic delivery beautiful fantastic delivery on his part and like a really beautiful like it's you can see the decision that he has made yes. about like right. what his priorities are. Uh, I wrote, It doesn't right. actually matter who gets the part of Maria because nobody's gonna be watching her. No one is going to Not watch with her. No, it was Mike Chang on stage.
3: There's a the whole thing in like musical theater where it's like you're leading lady and like this is more of like a symptom of a patriarchal like society or what have mm-hmm. you. But like your leading lady, your leading ingenue is always like the least like memorable thing. Like you really need to be good at your job, and again, this is just, like, a... Like, this is just because the character... Men don't know how to write women characters overall. Shocker. Like, like, it's always those secondary characters that are just so much more interesting because they don't have to fall in love or whatever. Like, Riff and Anita are the ones that you want to pay attention to, and especially when you have, like standouts like Mercedes or Santana or Mike Chang or Kurt like that's who people are going to be watching in this and those are the roles like that they should want because they are going to steal the fucking show yeah
2: but they won't look good on your neon yeah. audition
3: uh, it's fine they will though they will though is <laughs> gonna be like oh you played you played Anita cool yeah, they're show gonna me your know. America what, what triple threat action in 30 seconds did you have to do wow me so Fair yeah enough. Uh, it's... I don't know if any of that was coherent or made any sense. But
2: <laughs> anyway, I watched. I am not. I hit. am
3: not rascal. I do not have the eloquence and the historical context. You, you don't want to uh, bring this way. audition
2: back to the Chinese Exclusion Act. <laughs>
3: <laughs> not this time.
2: I'm sure there will be a time. Uh, I watch this performance <laughs> on YouTube regularly. It's amazing.
3: Cut to shell beast in the lounge.
2: Yeah, eating um, a uh, bowl of pasta. Oh god.
0: My note like, here is, you know, us. it's crazy, because I went into this episode saying, I hope there's an entire conversation where one of the participants has a mouthful of pasta the entire time.
2: <laughs> well, good news. If you love the sound of people You're talking through wet pasta, then this scene will be oh!
0: full. If you love the sound of people with their mouths stuffed absolutely full to bursting with pasta nonstop while they are speaking.
3: If you love comically large bowls of fettuccine Alfredo.
0: Which I
2: do. This is your episode. But not on my TV. <laughs> Yeah. Um the point of this scene is really I I don't know what it is. Is it, is it to the like The point of the
3: scene is to say um hey Adina Menzel I right. hear your choir doesn't have any girls in it and Adina Menzel kind of like forlornly goes no I guess if I were a girl I'd want to be in new directions womp womp Um and so then like of course <laughs> it, it and the button of the scene is did you know breadsticks delivers which thank mm-hmm. god. Um but...
0: Well, it's also it's also there for Beast to say to Will, yes. Emma, there's no way that Emma's ashamed of you. You're a catch. You just sure. go, You just take the lead. Yeah. <clears> if advice. she want to introduce you to her parents, introduce yourself. Not good yeah, advice. What could go wrong? Not good advice. Never take advice from a woman with a mouthful of pasta. <laughs> um...
3: Universal truth. <laughs>
0: the universal truth. You get it on a motivational poster. <laughs> it's got like a sunset background to yes. it. And a cat.
3: We will be selling those uh, <laughs> when, we, when we make merch. It'll be Man this, Man this Is Ohio t-shirts and never trust a woman with a mouthful of pasta <laughs> inspirational posters.
2: The only two things you need. Um, Hey guys, Blaine's in this show. I forgot. Blaine's in this show and he's
0: a part of New Directions which yeah. with the addition of Darren Chris to the cast of I Believe It Is 12 People in New Directions means that New Directions is now fully one quarter Asian people. Although I assume Ooh. that Blaine is supposed Mm -hmm. to be a white man. Blaine's
2: supposed to be a white man. And they gave him a last name now.
3: Is this when we finally learned his name? Well, they
2: call him... They state that his initials are B.A., and then when they're panning on the cast list later, I think it very quickly... Mm. It says
0: says Anderson, yeah. yeah. But now Kurt doesn't have to refer to his boyfriend as Blaine Warbler anymore. Blaine Warbler. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, they definitely did go into the big book of last names (laughs) and just pick the first one on the page, but...
3: Truly. I mean,
2: they were like, we need him to make sure everyone knows he's white,
3: so... Right, the most innocuous white name. Um,
2: Kurt's able to pull off a supportive boyfriend kind of look,
0: yeah, which is great. Yeah, they're, it's actually it's really cute, and like this, they're just cute. And
2: like the stinger on the scene is that they clearly want to like kiss because they are in love and they're happy for each other, but don't feel comfortable doing in so public. in the halls of their yeah. high school, which, which
1: is, not I not and that's why Kurt wants
2: to change things by running for senior vice right. president. There's a, it's yeah. like. It's the sprinklings of a plot for later. We don't really have to worry about it.
3: Right. Um, cut to booty camp again. God damn will it. Will is just um, so...
2: Ugh. His whole teaching style revolves about being rude. When he
0: yeah, his that. teaching style is, I will bully and that'll make them strong.
3: Yeah, which to be... I mean, not to be fair, but like, look. I, I've i had those choreographers growing up not saying it's right, not saying it works. But did you voluntarily it's a reality? sign
2: up for classes like that?
3: Yeah, because that was, like, what you got with this, like, youth theater. That's what I think group. is the
2: difference, is that Booty Camp was something that Will made mandatory and picked out people to do. Sure. So he basically hand-selected sure. who he wanted to bully. I feel like, I mean, I don't approve of the culture of, like, in order to teach things, sometimes you're just going to have an asshole of a teacher, but it's making you better. Right. But a lot of times, people in the arts are choosing to go with that because they think it's the best, like, this is what will help me learn. Yeah.
3: Yeah. And that's all. And that's also like kind of another symptom of like a classic like Western th- school of thought, where it's like you have to be broken down to be built back up again, because the arts are tough, and that's showbiz, baby. Yeah,
0: but this but just... it's not even doing anything good. Like no,
3: right? They're doing and they're doing <laughs> one move. They're doing one move that boils down to finn and mercedes because finn can't dance and mercedes is lazy but
2: but Finn's able to take it in stride and like yeah he's able to take it in
0: stride and he is uh you know the reason that he can't do it is he's just bad at dancing but mercedes is lazy right this is a race issue yeah
3: this is a race issue especially because it leads into not even and i'm telling you i'm not going but like the five minute sequence before that which like Everyone in the theater community knows about because it has that iconic "Effie, we all got pain" lyric, yes, um, which I used to use on people in college when they would be bitching and moaning about stuff, yeah, Um, and I, I still do to this day sometimes. So we get this whole like pre, and I'm telling you, I'm not going scene that is i can only describe it as like full high school drama club energy because no one is doing anything but standing there and like half gesturing and giving terrible black sense yeah. and being like like you're late you're mean and fatter all the time like there is no energy here. It's clearly just for Amber Riley, who does fine. Yeah. She like she does great in this. Yeah,
0: she's fantastic. It's, but they were because, like, What if we Because the stakes what are what if we
2: recreated this scene from Dream Girls? Yeah. Wouldn't that be fun?
3: Literally, because but... because the stakes are like either do the thing or or like if you walk out of here, you're out of the Glee Club. Okay. So we don't even get the satisfaction of getting and I'm telling you I'm not going out of this, no. which could have been a fun, like Half diegetic, half like in the world of this, like in the like. They've
0: already done the, that one. They don't want brain to reinvent really space. Really. Yeah, it was a lot of subpar edging. Yeah. Yes. Um. I'm sorry I said that. <laughs> no, you said it though, and we're gonna keep it.
3: And meanwhile, we're and meanwhile we're all like, yeah, absolutely. That's exactly it. Um, <laughs> yeah.
2: It's also like, well, oh, it's like it feels like almost an empty threat because Will kicked out Santana. Two episodes ago, and she got to come back with no. She's just right back.
0: So, but it also it feels really like it feels like not an empty threat the way that it is framed, because Will has made it clear that he has a zero tolerance for Mercedes fucking up. Yeah, right. Only for Mercedes. It's a race issue. Yeah, it's a a Um, race issue. And Mercedes also like. She is framed here as like, this is um, this outburst is her feeling like she's pouting because she's bad at dancing and that's doing her a disservice. I think that framing, because she brings up really legitimate points. Like Rachel isn't here. You didn't call on her to to do this, this dance horror because Will is treating his students unequally Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. if some of them are bad at dancing, that is something for him the teacher to have to figure out how to deal with but that's even beside the point she is specifically calling out that will treats Rachel differently that yes. Rachel is always getting everything that she wants as that she is always getting treated like the star and now that mercedes is wanting to not be treated like a like a b-lister like on the sidelines now Will is immediately putting her into the troublesome box. Yes. He says, did you even practice this? Um, like she's, I mean, even if she, even if she wanted to do this, even if she was supposed to do this, when the fuck is she going to practice this? But also right. you made her do this. Yeah. So get fucked. Mm-hmm. But he's uh, like the whole song calls her lazy, calls her mean. And all of these things that also characters are saying in real life, like will, Will has zero tolerance so that when she has this outburst, instead of following her and saying, hey, what the fuck? Again, I've known you for two years yeah. and this is not like you. He just says, you're out of the Glee Club. Whereas if Rachel had done the exact same thing, Will would have been running which after she, which her.
2: Which I'm pretty sure has happened, to be honest. Yeah. So... Mm-hmm. so
0: it, This is a race issue. Yes. And Glee never couches it in that, in that sense. But I am confident that Mercedes will rejoin re- New Directions because this is a show about New Directions mm-hmm. and I'm also confident that it's nothing is going to change that mm-hmm. Mercedes is going to come back to New Directions and people might say to her, oh, things will be different this time, but they won't be and Rachel is still going to be the one in the spotlight and she's and Mercedes is still going to In order for Mercedes to get the recognition that she deserves, she will need to leave New Directions. And if that happens when she graduates, then it does. But it, like, this scene made it so clear that Will is treating the, like, the special white woman in a very specific and different way. And the black woman who rightfully calls that out is angry and lazy. Yep. And that's just the framing of the show. It is, like, it's not something that will is ever going to have to reckon with because good guy will can't be a racist they can't they can't allow they can't that. Do that but he's <sighs> that's absolutely what's going on and it's yep. and it's very really clear. yucky yeah. knowing that the show if the show was willing to lean a little bit into it they could be making some really interesting points about race but they're absolutely mm-hmm. not they will they will not they will not and they will never
3: right um cut to I was gonna say Mike Chang mom, um, but it's Mike Chang's yes. mom? Um, uh,
1: this
0: had my. She walks in. She walks at him spinning, and she says, "What yeah. are you doing?" And he says, "I'm warming up for football." Well, he's wearing full suspenders. <laughs> he is.
3: Yeah, he was. He was in full Gene Kelly mode. Also,
2: there. this has my favorite fucking line in the episode, which is Mike Chang trying to tell his like describe. He says, "I only feel special when I do," and then he just kind of spins around a little. <laughs> spins. <laughs> What so i do this so wholesome
3: so <laughs> pure.
2: He just, like he, just, he barely even says when i do this he just says i only feel special when i and then he just like moves his body in a dance way he just and fully
3: you're like, tours yeah
2: and you're like yeah go my chant you're so pure yeah,
0: yeah you don't you don't have to say dance show you can, show you can say not it with tell. your body you express it
3: show not tell that's right baby um and the whole and the whole conceit of this scene is, like, the mom coming in and saying, I covered for you when you didn't show up to your chemistry uh, tutor, tutor, tutoring session. Now I'm a liar. Like, what's going on? And he does this thing, and she says, like, I never got to live my dreams because of my parents. It is my job to make sure that you that you that I encourage yours. Problem solved. Right. Um, she always wanted to dance. That is the... Um, The M. Night Shyamalanian twist here Um, She too wanted to be a dancer And it turns out Mike Chang is a pretty good teacher So we have this really really sweet scene Of him teaching his mom how to dance And how fucking delightful This
0: is my favorite scene in the episode And it did make me tear up a little bit Yeah. So the conversation between Mike and his mom Is the thing that made me stop and say Did they get Asian people to consult on this show. And obviously it's not a universal, um, like no experience is universal, but this felt really grounded. It felt like first an acknowledgement that Asian people are not a monolith. And it's not like the Asian parents are a unified front. So thanks for that. Weird framing at the beginning with the Asian F thing, but that this is good. Um, Mike's mom just imagining mom has,
3: the union of, yeah, Asian, the union of Asian
0: people <laughs> it's hard because of the mind melding to have different opinions but we do sometimes manage it <laughs> um, so like it's an acknowledgement that Mike's mom has different priorities than his dad and also she had different experiences and she recognizes the fear that Mike has of disappointing his father because she had the same thing. She said, your grandfather never let me take dance lessons. And I would argue it's a lot harder when you're a kid, if you want to learn to dance and your parents won't sign you up for dance lessons because you're a child, what are your options? But she describes it as she wasn't brave enough. She wasn't as brave as her son, but it, feels really it feels like it makes total sense for her as a child of immigrants to have had that experience of being a part of this uh, like like with Mike earlier, just you're you're growing up in a different culture you have different priorities, but your parents have very specific priorities and you need to connect with them. but now she sees it as her priority to, not have her son have the same regret. And it is because of their shared experience that she is able to make that connection. And so when Mike then says, I can teach you how to dance and you get that like really beautiful scene. I was like, wow. So the mother is ready to open up all of these opportunities for her son that were not opened up to her by her parents. And so now, her son is able to open up opportunities for his mother. Generational healing. Beautiful.
3: I to see it.
0: I love it. It's just a really sweet and a really simple scene that has to come from shared experiences and acknowledgement of the fact that you are different people. Like, even though she also wanted to, to, to dance, she still, her priority was her family. Her priority was pleasing her father. Uh, I assume uh, yes, it was yes. it was her it was Mike's grandfather. Yes. I was like, it wouldn't be his other grandfather, right? No. no. Um <laughs> Mike That King would Senior, be crazy. <laughs> <laughs> So it
1: like
0: Mike still has different priorities from his mother, but her acknowledgement of their shared experience is what allows them to go through this healing process and presumably a healing process that will eventually involve the father. No. Um just a really 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 well done and something that is actually grounded in immigrant experiences in Asian American like culture of the cultural divide i i it was like a beautiful resolution to a plot line that started out as badly as it possibly could
3: <laughs> yeah
0: the...
3: also do we ever see Mike Chang's parents yes. again Mike okay. Chang gets
2: like okay. to have a whole plot this season um good for Mike Chang Martina. Um. Justin this does Dina. beg the question though. Like, Mike is very good at dance, right?
1: Mm-hmm.
2: It, was he allowed to take dance lessons? Thank you. Or is he just like Thank a you, fucking
0: prodigy?
3: I he might I think, have like I
0: couched it as like this is for football, in the same way that he tries to, to do. Sure. year.
3: but I can also see like with the style of dance that he does, because it's not like it's not like he is doing ballet which is a very like rigorous Reg- like it's yeah like with the kind of like more um i don't know if this term is problematic now with this more like street dancing kind mm. of style that he did that's a little more social that one you can more learn a little more just as you go throughout things like Do you just pick it all up could, on like, youtube
2: tutorials
3: yeah on youtube tutorials are kind of just like as you're out with your friends because you're 11 and, like, you're walking down Main Street and, like, you see a group of breakdancers and you're There's like, no hey, that's cool, can I, oh, Ohio. I can kind of, d- I know, but, like. <laughs> he you know.
2: did not, Mike so- Chang did not grow up in the same mean streets that you did, Ian.
3: <laughs> of Rockland County.
0: There's also no first-generation immigrants in Ohio. Mm, that's that's true. true. Yeah, why'd they move to Ohio? Um, yeah, yeah. Oof. I guess it's also, I could fully imagine him being allowed to take dance lessons because, even though it's not a priority, it's like, well, he's a kid. Yeah, so that for kind now. of like it's fine yeah. to do
2: it while you're little and things don't matter. But now you're yeah. you're almost an adult and you have to slash be, also. To tighten up. And now this, your
0: grades are slipping. We have to mm-hmm. dump it.
3: This might be like completely off base too. So correct me if I'm wrong. Like almost the same way that like you would pick up an instrument at that age. Yeah. Um, a
2: little yeah. art. Yeah. To uh, yeah. Treat. yeah. Yes.
3: So we get to this callback now, which Emma like full-on announces also, everyone like, gets to coming be through there, a curtain
2: which seems like a lot of everyone pressure gets to be there
3: yeah yeah not for the glee no. club um and this is the only number with Rachel in it isn't it yeah that's I think great. so
0: yeah 10 out of ten um do we care about this
2: I don't but I was nope. never going to I,
0: I don't but it was impressive they have Good. there are parts when th- when they're singing together in like perfect unison and I was yes. like god damn I as as much as I like to hate on Leah Michelle around here, like she, she and sing. Amber Riley are both like killing it. It's really hard to sing like that,
3: right? And of course, this is not how a callback works. No, Um no. But they get a standing ovation. Meanwhile, if you like, if you look at Quinn during that standing ovation, she could not be bothered.
2: No, Tatiana Grey was like, I'm not really in this episode. I've been wearing the same sundress for four days
3: creamy start starting to smell i've been sweating under these lights Ugh. um i like this but, number
2: from a technical standpoint like their singing yeah. together was really good there was some really cool editing of like here they are auditioning yeah. at the same time but emotionally it did long. not
3: get to me it was so right long. and we have this little bit of lea michelle going like she was better than me we've had this before okay. this, but.
2: this happened when this actually happened last time when amber riley sang but i'm telling you and Rachel yeah. was like, yeah, she's better than me.
3: Right. But this is also I totally already forgot that yeah. we had that number in the first season <laughs> in like one of the best episodes.
0: This also, though, really feels like it. It feels genuine like she it's not just Rachel being insecure. It's the, like this no. is the episode's acknowledgement of Mercedes got the part yeah like yes that's that is the resolution of this mercedes has the part of maria because there's no question she she, like she did it
2: yes and i actually kind of like all of rachel's panicking in this episode because it feels more it feels there's more stakes now because now it's rachel thinking about her future it's not just like her incessant need to be the star like now she just suddenly like i need these things to be able to yeah, to my able
0: dreams. To pursue my own dreams and and it, the fact that as soon as this audition is over she goes and takes steps to yes. come up with a with a fallback because she's like she knows in her bones she's not getting maria because she knows mm-hmm. mercedes did better right and she's and her willingness to like fuck over kurt like
2: shows that she's still like not a very good person because yeah right which we all know
3: And, yeah, and, like, we're going to loop back to that in just a second, because in between then and now, Rachel marches up to Beast, and we kind of have this, like, hard cut to whatever commercial. And then we have to get to the whole, like, I guess, payoff of Will, of Beast telling Will, you should invite, you should introduce yourself to her parents.
2: Alright, so, real quick, I need to just say, blanket statement, Will sucks bad. It's, like... Seeing the reaction that Emma had to talking about her parents, which was to claim that they were dead rather than have Will meet them, Will's response of I should reach out to them invite them to our house without telling her is a bad response. You shouldn't do that. That's Clearly shit. she was not interested. This is not a boat you should be driving, Will. Right. Will sucks. Now, Will sucks. let's move on to the phrase ginger supremacists. <sighs> this very comfortable
3: storyline. Oh my god. Just like just some, some white supremacy as a treat. Yeah, it's, it's. I
2: it's I can't even like wrap my brain around what they th- were thinking when they wrote
0: this joke. Not and really. Like, a- it's not even re- because Will during dinner says to them, "You're both racist," so they were willing to call it racism. Yes. and like that was more than I expected from Glee because let's like let's not pretend we don't know what kind of supremacy they're actually talking about when they say yeah. ginger supremacy. Yes. But will saying, you know, hey, you're super racist and you're treating your daughter like shit is taking it to a very serious turn for a show that 5 seconds ago introduced the term ginger supremacy. Yeah. Yeah.
3: It reeks of that like 2011 what? we've said it before. We'll say it again. The whole like, well, Like, we're on your side, so we can, like, wink, wink, nudge, nudge at it, and it's fine. Because, like, we don't really mean it. It's a joke. We're
2: fully in our South South Park era of, like, gingers have no souls. Like, it's okay to make fun of everyone. Like, time... And Glee's just doing a worse job at it. Presumably because they're real people and not poorly drawn cartoons.
3: And, like, the fact that we've learned that this is where Emma's sort of OCD comes from, is that because, like, when a waitress of color hands them their glasses of water that, like, they have to clean them off with alcohol wipes? Yes. That's icky. Yeah.
0: Emma's shitty parents gave her OCD. And, like, there's... There's a lot to be said about the way that childhood trauma can influence adult behaviors. Uh, Mm -hmm. The framing here, like it feels like it doesn't know if it's joking or not. It feels like they're like, this is a very serious and sad thing, but we're also going to frame it in terms of gender supremacy. This is uh, like, this is the source of all of Emma's childhood trauma, but we're also going to frame it. In terms of gender supremacy, like it keeps on coming back yeah. to that of like. I mm-hmm. guess
1: you
2: could say like. You could want it to, in one hand to be like Emma doesn't want to call her parents racist because they're her parents, and so she shows she's couching it as like a, um, they really only like redheaded people. But then they go on to make a series of jokes, essentially, some air quotes about her parents, very specifically talking about like, oh well, I, I go to an all redheaded country club and. So it's yeah. like, okay, so you are serious about them You're being... serious that they're gender supremacists. Not and Emma knows her parents are racist, but doesn't want to say it. Yeah. Right. But
0: also they are racist. Because
3: and, even and Will's hair Will is a little also, coarse for her, like- a, yeah.
0: yeah. And Will also calls so them hair. racist. So right. we're not shying yeah. away from the racism thing. We just don't want to say white. Yes. Yeah.
2: We don't want to make a joke that Emma's parents- are or
3: white, white, supremacists. Supremacists. white supremacists?
0: So we'll make a fun um, little joke about the red hair. Anyway, the whole thing sucks. Yeah, that's deeply uncomfortable scene. And like, I want to, as as seldom as I want to give Glee credit, I think that they were trying to do something. Like, I yes. think they were, I I think they were trying to do something, and they had no idea how. But no. it just comes out. Really bad. uncomfortable, and in the context of the rest of the episode of them like handling race issues really badly, it just makes it worse. Yeah.
3: Cut to now. Rachel has to run for president
0: because she has nothing else. Has
3: to. She yeah, because she needs something for her senior year. Kurt handles club it is not enough.
2: Kurt handles it very maturely, where he's like, right. "Hey, yeah. like." And and like Rachel's like, I figured I would win, make you my vice president win win. And he's like, No, I'm not just doing this like fully I'm not as just a doing this resume
3: pattern application.
0: Yeah. I have I have, have dreams now. Things. Yeah. And And Rachel just doesn't acknowledge that. No. Nope. Right. Like she just does not get it. No. does not
3: get it and then we hard uh, and like Kurt makes the valid point of like in 10 years when you look back on this you're not going to think about the clubs or like the stuff whatever even though you probably will because you're an obnoxious theater kid and yeah. all you talk about yeah, is she hi- will, um, yeah she absolutely will
2: but fair <laughs> um,
3: the the number of rooms I've been in since I've graduated college that talk about their high school production of Grease or whatever yeah anyway um, so the his point is like you will be thinking about your friends the ones you tossed aside yeah again he's correct yeah Um, Cut to the solution Is double casting So you're both going to be Maria One is going to have one weekend One is going to have the other weekend Here's the thing I grew up doing double casting shows That is absolutely a thing you can do very
2: common Especially in high schools Where it's more about giving everyone a chance And not who's technically better
3: But Mercedes is also right
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah Because Deeply
3: because it's not like everyone is being double cats, it's just the two of them. Right. And she has a point. Well, I don't know if she has the point, like why is everyone afraid to hurt her feelings? Because there is a lot of Rachel dragging in like the last <laughs> Yeah, half of a lot of people two. are not
0: afraid to hurt her feelings. No, they they're plenty happy to hurt her feelings. But right. that is absolutely how it reads. Even yeah. if it was unintentional on the part of the casting people. Mm-hmm. Right. Even if they legitimately thought, Oh, we just can't choose, Rachel knew Mercedes was better and Mercedes knew Mercedes was better. It is just
2: them not being willing to let go of their idea of what Maria is, and also
0: the idea that Rachel
2: deserves this.
0: The idea Mm -hmm. that Rachel is obviously Emma even said it earlier Rachel is Maria, isn't she? You know, it's like, in what way is she Maria? You can't tell that to Leah Michelle. The, (laughs) like it is once again, even if even if this is not intentional on anybody's part in or out of universe, it is a race issue that they are sidelining a black woman in order to give a white woman something. And Mm -hmm. it may not even read as a sideline, but that's what it is because it is, it is truth within the conceit of the episode that Mercedes outperformed Rachel. That's what they have given us as truth within the world. And so we must accept it as that is what happened. And yet the casting, uh, like the casting team is still unwilling to take that step of removing Rachel from their perception of a perfect Maria. Yep. And so they are harming a black woman and Mercedes is unwilling to take it. And Rachel also has the opportunity here after her heart to heart with Kurt, where Kurt says, what friends did you cast aside? It could have been a moment for Rachel to stand up and say, Mercedes is right. Mm-hmm. But she's, she's not, she's not, not there. No, yeah. she's not there. And this is actually the scene that made me, up until now, I had been more or less watching, like, watching most episodes of Glee. Admittedly, I was playing Hades mm-hmm. during them. But this was the episode where I said, I know how this is going to play out. I know that... Rachel is getting what she wants. I know that Mercedes has left New Directions and she is going to come back and nothing is going to change. Like I can see it all play out that Rachel is never going to have to give something up. That Mercedes is always going to be fighting for her place and they'll give her perceived wins, but... Nowhere in there is it going to be anybody else acknowledging that they have to stand aside in order to allow Mercedes to take the spotlight to not share it. They're going like they're never going to make Rachel give anything up in favor of Mercedes and they are never going to even this out. They're never going to make that a way that she needs to grow in acknowledgement of this fact and I could see it all play out and so i that was when I was like I am not going to be able to keep watching this show for much longer because I can't have my heart broken like that again
3: and the closest we ever got to that not being the case to like them doing the right thing was that like mid season one we'll call it like the almost finale yeah. where in the middle of like sectionals and everything is kind of falling apart Rachel is like Mercedes, You have to do it. You have to have the soul. You have to go on. Yeah. And even then we get Mercedes going,
0: no, I can't. It has to be you. Yeah. Right. Well, that was because that was when their, their numbers got stolen. Their settlers yeah. got stolen. And so, right. um, that was when like, Rachel got the character development. She got to, she got to grow as a character. She got to say it's Mercedes's turn. And then she didn't have to give anything up. She got her cake and ate it too. Right. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And, that's that's what it keeps on giving us is right. Rachel can Rachel gets to grow and she never has to she never has to give anything up to do it. Right. And the fact that it's always at Mercedes's expense Hate to say gross.
3: That.
0: Yep. It's a race issue.
3: And now we get to get into religious issues, apparently, because Ooh. we cut to their the bedroom where will is apologizing and emma is just praying so will just joins her praying i'm sure there's more context but i didn't write it down one because my omelet finally arrived and two because i was over this <laughs> if there's
2: any time for an omelet to arrive and to not have to think about Glee, it should be during this scene
3: where it's truly will
2: is like you have this problem and i want to help
3: And now we have to listen to Will sing a cover of Coldplay's Fix You. Oh, gross.
2: Will does say the words, I'm so sorry. Uh, He does not sound like he means them, and they are too little too late after all the shit he's pulled. And then we, yeah, and then we have to bring Coldplay into this.
0: All other things aside, this is a song saying that Will, an abled white man, is going to fix his mentally ill girlfriend. Yes. Ryan Murphy, any Arby's in the country? <laughs> I swear to you, name this a time and place. World Star. I this is like
2: another time when Glee is like. What's a great song title that we could use oh, for what we're trying to oh, uh, explain right it here? This
0: was the worst one. The worst. Oh one. God. Here's the like, thing.
2: Want to know a fun fact?
0: Gross.
3: Sure. I
2: googled. I was like cuz you know how like everyone uh uses <laughs> wake me up when september ends as like a fun meme for the end of fall but it's actually mm-hmm. about like the death of Billy Joe Armstrong's father and so everyone always right. gets it wrong like people right. not understanding the context of songs. So I was like, what's the context of the song Fix You? Um I looked it up and it was written for gwyneth Paltrow actually. This was written oh. um By Chris Martin after, like, meeting Gwyneth Paltrow after the death of her father. And so it's, I guess, a song about helping someone through a grieving process. And that someone is Gwyneth- Goops Gwyneth Paltrow. (laughs) So- (laughs) Glee's and goops
3: Gwyneth Paltrow.
2: Um, I hate this song in general. Don't really like Coldplay. Also, Coldplay previously was like, Glee will not use our songs. And I guess something changed their mind. Maybe Gwyneth Paltrow.
3: Maybe Gwyneth Paltrow, they were still together at the time, I think. I don't
2: know if they were. I don't know. I don't care. I feel not...
3: like you, I feel like you definitely explained this to. Like I'm not in a even going episode. to look it up. We don't. No, because um, Gwyneth
2: Paltrow is currently married to Brad Falchuk, I think.
3: Right. Yes. Man, I don't. I I kind of like Coldplay. Like I I'm a white dude, so like it comes with the territory. But like, <laughs> I'm so proud of you for being able to admit
2: that about yourself.
3: <laughs> that I'm a white dude. <laughs> that, that or that you like Coldplay.
2: Co- that liking Coldplay, it's just part of the package. Like. I,
3: I, I it's not it's not my favorite but like I look I I fucks to Viva La Vida um who doesn't that came out wrong um but it did
2: come out wrong you're right <laughs> I was too busy thinking about the fact that One Direction covered it too but then you said it and made it worse
3: <laughs> on brand oh man I'm gonna keep that all in too go um... watch
2: the cover of One Direction doing Viva La Vida they all do this like very aggressive arm thrusting move and it's iconic
3: don't say thrusting in this context Arm thrusting. And <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> it's what they do. America um, um anyway. But then we but then not only do we get this this cover of a Coldplay song, it has to hard cut to Will leading his own glee club, all of them looking like Mormon rejects. That First was
1: all,
0: so confusing. They were like in the white top we black pants. Work. Of any yeah. qu- like it had it had big keep holding on energy. You did. That's
1: white is the yeah. color you
2: wear when you're feeling sad. Um, this instrumental also plays over the reveal of the cast list, so we now know yes. that Kurt got to be Officer Crumkey. Uh, good for Kurt.
0: Good for Kurt. Yeah. Um, steal the show, Kurt. Everyone... Everybody got the parts that they expected,
2: and Rachel looks like a ra- Rachel at least has the sense to look chagrined over right. uh, over it. Um, but back to the cult part. Will (laughs) looks wet during this performance.
3: He does. Thank (laughs) you. That's what it is.
2: He looks, he looks both like he had just sprayed his hair with a down, like a sprayer to make sure it's shiny. But also his whole (laughs) face just looks like, okay, you know what it is? You know, when you've been crying a long time and then you have to go and be a person and your face is just sort of like crying residue puffy, you're yeah. puffy you're still a little shiny there's maybe still yeah. some tears he's there's a he's,
0: thin sheen of moisture
2: he's got a wet face on the whole time he's just the wettest looking man in the world and this <laughs> will haunt my dreams i'm gonna close my eyes will
0: today. schuster is the wet man
2: <laughs> yeah and is i hate it tomorrow
3: it. tomorrow zach is gonna be like How'd you sleep? Babe, why were you screaming, Will? No. Why, how'd sleep? you sleep
2: terribly? I was haunted by the dream of wet Will Schuster. <laughs> <laughs>
3: <No>. <laughs> Another t shirt. Um, I
2: hated this. I hate that his implication yeah. that. And yeah, the implication that he, one man, is going to
0: fix Emma, who's broken, according to him. Yeah. Is... Obviously, she's broken. And, all, like, looking in the mirror, you see her child self. Uh also praying because they're they just like they are so desperate they must turn to god who hears you better if you're on your knees she says yeah and and will is just just sitting there saying i have to fix this woman look disgusting i don't know
3: why i feel like running up that hill in parentheses a deal with god would have been a better song for this Hmm. moment but I stand by it.
0: Literally anything would have been a better song. Yeah. Well, yes, there's then that. a title the song explicitly titled Fix You. Fix you. Yeah. Right oh, for one when it's Like, It gave own. me like full body sliminess. It sucked. Like, it sucked yeah. and I hated it. It sucks so bad. Yeah. Uh
3: the the big youth pastor energy didn't help either. I
0: know. Oh, you oh, really that's it really like it. Yeah, had... that's right. At that's any what point it, was. it felt like
2: one of the like, girls from Glee Could could have walked up and had like held his hands on either held side and yeah would have been like this seems normal and i hate we that have to that we're
0: here to support our white man teacher through how hard it is for him to have a broken girlfriend
3: <laughs> oh god and meanwhile quinn's like i just want my child back yeah which we get none of this episode no we don't
2: but, quinn doesn't get to do um, anything
3: um but... and then we close out on Mercedes walking up to Adina Menzel saying, "Hey, I need you. Need some girls. You're gonna need some star power. Yeah. You're gonna need Mercedes me." Mercedes And
0: honestly, Great. good. Yeah, yeah. She like she should, and that's and that's the episode. It is. It feels like a lot of stuff that will get undone. Yeah. Like I'm positive yeah. Mercedes is coming back to New Directions. This is a show about New Directions that yeah. she's in it. Um, West Side Story is not gonna last for very long and i'm very sure there's gonna be drama about whether or not kurt and uh and rachel get into their school for another 20 episodes like that's how tv works
3: something about this episode even though there was a lot that was established here and a lot that happened felt like filler yeah this felt like a filler episode in a lot of ways
2: it felt like introducing plots that came out of nowhere like none of these plots had build up there had been no previous build up with mike chang having conflicting feelings. Yeah, we didn't know
0: he was going to have parents.
2: We did not. Right. Right, I didn't expect it. We did not really had any buildup of Mercedes. Like, there's been a titch of buildup of Mercedes being bullied at booty camp, but not enough of her fully feeling unappreciated.
3: Right. Especially because in the last episode, Will was preaching to Quinn about how, like, this was the club that picked you up when you were down and... Uh, that supported you through your pregnancy and all of that like family bullshit. And he like, was willing to have
0: that on. conversation with her. He didn't even it, have a conversation yeah. with Mercedes. Well, no, he really just yelled at
1: Quinn.
2: He he, he yeah, didn't really have a conversation. Not, yeah, I did.
0: not It
3: was not handled. Episode. It was not handled any more delicately. No, it was it was, no, pretty it was just bad. a different he just kind of problem. Rail,
2: railed on a girl clearly going through a very terrible time. Um, yeah. Right. Let's talk about some music. Try to get some of that taste out of her mouth. The taste of wet Will Schuster.
3: Oh. Um, oh God, no. No. You get the last 15 minutes of this episode took a, took a dark, dark a turn. A dark,
2: wet turn. Um, oh,
0: gross.
2: You have to buy one of these songs with human money. Can't get out of it. <laughs> and put it on your iPod. Here's your choices for this week. That song Spotlight. Run the World, Parenthetical. Girls, Cool, It's All Over, Out Here on My Own, or Fix You.
0: Which are you going
2: to choose?
0: I think that i really liked spotlight um and like hammer riley did such a good job it's between that and who run the world um i think that who run the world is the one that leaves the least bad taste in my mouth with the association of the episode but all other things being equal i would go with spotlight
2: fair enough ian
3: i'm also going with spotlight i think like of the songs there that's the one i would actually like maybe kind of listen to a few times
2: that's fair my problem with this episode is the songs I liked best really came with a lot of visual elements. So, like, they're not songs I necessarily want to listen to. Um, but that being said, all the ones that I would actually probably listen to would, def- would weirdly be Mike Chang's cover of Cool. A song that's not great to just listen to on your yeah. iPhone. Actually, I don't blame that's, you. the one,
0: that's the one that left the least bad taste in my mouth. Because he did he just phenomenal. Did job, and it was yeah. the culmination of a really good character arc. Um, right,
3: I think that would be one that I would rather watch. It's better rather than to just watch, yeah, to.
2: but yeah, the much better to watch,
0: didn't really vibe yeah. with me. So it's that's what's got to be. I mean, I vibed very much with Who Run the World, Parenthetical Girls, but because it's it's, I some didn't know I was bisexual there. until I was twenty-seven.
2: There's some visual appeal you. on Who Run the World, Parenthetical Girls. <laughs> I wish that's how they
0: introduced that song in tour. Yeah. Right.
3: Where can people find you, Rascal, on the internets and things if you wanted them to do so? Uh,
0: you can find me on Twitter at Elevator Lich. Um, you can find me at itch.io, uh, rascalin.itch.io, uh, where I have some games that are all free to play. One of them is about being bisexual. And <laughs> <Nice. laughs> it doesn't mention
2: who runs the World of Girls at all.
0: It doesn't. Um, it's wow. about not knowing that you're bisexual uh, when you are very obviously bisexual. And uh, those are, those are the two best places to see the stuff that I'm working on, which is frequently games. Right now, it's mostly taxes.
2: Taxes are a crime. Ian, where can people find you?
3: (laughs) You can find me at ibroski on Twitter and Instagram, uh iBrods on TikTok. I'm going to see if I can maybe get ibroski back on TikTok. Um, I own it, I think. It's just, anyway. It's, um, it's just
2: floating in the wind and you can't. It's just like,
3: it's one of my prior, like, four eh. attempts at a TikTok account. Yeah um anyway where can people find you karina you can
2: find me on twitter and tiktok uh both under the same handle which is Epic Adventure of.
3: the show is at gleeaggressive gleeaggressive at gmail.com um what should they write in about this week karina tell
2: me your favorite song with parentheticals in the title
3: Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> oh
0: there's gotta I, mine, be some
2: really good ones
3: mine is running up that hill parentheticals a deal with god by kate bush <laughs>
2: there you go i'm glad you had an answer so quickly i don't know what mine would yeah be that
3: was really with. fast <laughs> Well, I I listen to that song a lot, especially lately for some reason. It
0: just fucking slaps. Um,
3: And the music video is awesome, too.
0: My favorite Um. is the fictional song that Karina and I made up when we were both working at the Jones Library, (gasps) which is a song from Pride and Prejudice the musical. It's the song that takes place when Elizabeth Bennett shows up at Pemberley, and she's like, wow, this house is great, and then it turns out Darcy is there because he lives there because it's his house. (laughs) And the title of the song is Pemberley Paradise, parentheses, You Are in My House. That is, I,
2: <laughs> I can read, anytime I read that, I laugh again, because it's the best thing, and, like, it's, okay, uh, you can also write in if you are someone who produces musicals and knows how to write music and wants to help us get private and Prejudice, musical yes. off the ground, which is a dream we've Look, had for four years at this point. Just for
0: that song, really.
3: Um, Man, I knew this would be a goddamn delight because Rascal was back, and I, lo and behold that was correct so thank you so much for once again being here thank Um, you so
0: much for having me even though the last episode was an hour and 45 minutes and this one i'm seeing is longer oh we're clocking in at almost two hours
3: come back anytime yes applications for the arby's fight club are on our website (laughs) um
2: we should. Only, that would actually be the only thing on our website. <laughs> hilariously, so
3: <laughs> you, we'll buy gleeaggressive just to make a, a logo of the Arby's. Yeah, it'll Club. just be Arby's Fight Club. <laughs> Which one of you definitely created? Um,
2: it was definitely I successful. did. Yes. Yes. Thank you for joining us. Thank you all for listening as we talked about season three, episode three. Uh, you can join us next week when we're discussing season three, episode four. Oh God. Entitled Pot Oh, Gold. Not of, it's O, the letter. Pot of gold! Ian, <laughs> what do you think that episode's about?
3: I don't know, but it's gonna be some... It's gonna somehow make the Irish people problematic mm. in St. Patrick's Day or something, Suddenly, probably. I really
2: want some lucky charms. Alright. <laughs> so, Ian, I must ask, does uh, this episode of Glee make you want to watch the next one?
3: Not really. Fair. Fair enough. Sorry, Mike Chang. Aww.